Evidence and Answers. How much do you know about Buddhism? It is found in every major city and country. Prominent members of society claim to practice this ancient religion. It appears to promote peace. But what happens after death? Is there hope for the future? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In today's episode of Evidence and Answers, Pat will be concluding an informative study on Buddhism entitled, The Lotus and the Cross. Here's Pat now with the conclusion. Sorrow, lamentation, dejection, and despair are painful. Contact with unpleasant things is painful. Not getting what you wish is painful. Pain and suffering is a universal truth every conscious being will experience. Now, what is the root of suffering? It's desire or attachment to things of this illusionary world. We let ourselves get attached to the mirage of this world, to relationships, to people, to experiences, to hopes, to desires. They're all a mirage and they lead to pain and suffering. The solution, true enlightenment, to understand this world is a mirage and illusion and to detach from everything in this world. And suffering will cease when all desires and attachments to this world cease. That's why the true Buddhist lives as a solitary monk. The true Buddhists, all they own is their orange robe and a begging bowl. They don't marry, they live a solitary life detachment from the world. And you extinguish all desires by following the Eightfold Path. Now, I have a short clip here from the movie Star Wars. Now, George Lucas, the brilliant mind behind Star Wars, is a Buddhist. Star Wars, if you read his story, is his spiritual journey to enlightenment as a Buddhist. All right? And Buddhist themes are replete throughout Star Wars. Right? Now, in this particular scene... In Star Wars, the Jedi represent the ideal Buddhists. They do not marry. They have no attachment to this world. They just go around rebalancing the force in the universe. All right? Now, they represent the ideal monk. They, they, they're not attached to anything in the universe. Now, in this particular clip, Anakin Skywalker, before he becomes Darth Vader, is secretly married to his wife Padme and has visions of her pain and suffering all right he goes to the great Jedi master Yoda with these visions of pain and suffering to receive advice from Yoda as to how to deal with this and so let's take a look briefly at what Yoda says how to deal with pain and suffering Premonitions? Premonitions? Hmm. These visions you have. They're of pain, suffering, death. Yourself you speak of, or someone you know? Someone. Close to you? Yes. Careful you must be when sensing the future, Anakin. The fear of loss is a path to the dark side. I won't let these visions come true, Master Yoda. Death 
is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them do not, miss them do not. Attachment leads to jealousy. The shadow of greed, that is. What must I do, Master Yoda? Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. In that brief clip, what was the answer to pain and suffering? He said, beware of attachment. They're sourced in greed. They only lead to the dark side. So he said, what must I do? He said, learn to let go of everything you fear to lose. All right? Detach from all things of this illusionary world. Well, that's Buddhism. Okay? That's classic Buddhism there. What is the answer to pain and suffering? Buddha's main quest. Well, is to detach from everything of this world. Relationships, desires, material things, to detach from all of that. What did Christ say? Well, Christ said your main problem is sin, separation from God. The answer, a savior. God didn't look back and say, well, you guys got a problem. I hope you can work it out. God said, you know what? You have a problem you can't solve. I'm coming into your world. I'll suffer alongside you. And I will pay the price for your sin to make everlasting life possible. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should never perish but have everlasting life. One man's answer was complete detachment and extinguishing of all desires. Another one taught our solution is a savior. God incarnate himself to pay the price for our sin. The means. Buddha said it was through self-effort by following the Eightfold Path. Here are the principles of the Eightfold Path and underneath them are hundreds of rules by which a person is to attain enlightenment and to live by strict adherence to the Eightfold Path. And hopefully you'll break the endless cycle of rebirth and enter into a state of nirvana, the extinguishing of all things. Christ said the means is what? By grace through faith. Buddha said what? Behold now, I exhort you, decay is inerrant in all component things. Work out your salvation with diligence. Work hard at it and hopefully you can attain nirvana, extinguishing the blowing out of all things. Christ said what? There's nothing you can do to attain salvation. It's an impossible standard. I've done it all on the cross. I've done it all. All you need to do is to receive the gift of grace that I have provided through my death and resurrection from the dead. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by good works that anyone may boast. One said, Work hard at it, and hopefully you'll break the cycle of rebirth and attain nirvana. The other one said, There's nothing you can do to earn it. Instead, I've done it all. All you need to do is reach out and receive the gift of grace given to you on the cross by Jesus Christ. Eternity. What happens beyond the grave? Buddha said, as long as you remain attached to things of this world, your identity, others, your desires, your hopes, your dreams, you're going to keep coming back into this world and once again experience pain and suffering again and again and again until you completely learn to detach from the world and end all desires and you enter into a state of nirvana.
Now, nirvana is not heaven as we know it. It's a state of nothingness. It's entering the void, the extinguishing of all. All right? That's what nirvana means. It means to extinguish, like the blowing out of a flame or a candle. Now, what exactly nirvana is, no Buddhist scholar has been able to clearly say. All right? Even Buddha himself said it was not describable. Dr. Suzuki, the Zen master, the apostle of Zen Buddhism to Americas, quoting the Buddha, believed the Buddha said this, there is disciples a condition where there is neither earth nor water, neither air nor light, neither limitless space nor limitless time, neither any kind of being, neither ideation or non-ideation, neither this world nor that world, there is neither arising nor passing away, nor dying, neither cause nor effect, neither change nor standstill. Whatever that is describing, it's a state of nothingness. All right? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, there's not an endless cycle of rebirth. Your decision about Christ here will determine your eternal destiny, either eternally with God or eternally separated from God in a place called hell. And the offer for eternal life comes by receiving the gift of grace given through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, whoever believes in the Son of God is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And finally, on the problem of pain and suffering, Buddha at best offers an escape by denying reality, by denying all your basic desires, your hopes, your dreams, your love of anything in this world and relationships, by denying all of that, hopefully you can escape the cycle of rebirth and enter into nirvana or the extinguishing of all. Jesus offers hope and victory over sin and death through his death for sin and resurrection from the dead. Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Well, can both be true at the same time? Well, we have what's called the first principle of logic. All right? The basis of all logic. It's called Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. We apply it every single day. It's the basis of all thought and logic. Basically says this, opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. This is a universal law everyone around the world at all times applies. Everyone in the culture acknowledges and applies this law. And you can't have a coherent conversation without applying this law, all right? If you came up to me and said, Pat, are you speaking at the 10 a.m. service today? And I said, yes, I am, but I am not. That's no sense at all. Well, will you be at the Santa Clara Japanese Church? Yes, I'll be there, but I won't be there. It makes absolutely, you can't have a coherent conversation without applying the law of non-contradictions. Opposites cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. Now, Muslim philosopher Avicenna made his point quite clearly. He said this, anyone who denies the law of non-contradiction should be beaten and burned until he admits that to be beaten is not the same as not to be beaten and to be burned is not the same as not to be burned. Right? Now, a bit extreme, 
but he makes the point. Now, since the teachings of Buddha and Jesus are mutually exclusive and contradictory, both cannot be true at the same time and in the same way. If God exists, the proposition God does not exist cannot be true. All right? If salvation is by good works, then the teaching salvation is not by works, but by grace, they both cannot be true at the same time. You're teaching contradictory truths here. So since they're both mutually exclusive, both cannot be true at the same time. Well, then the Buddhist priest, after we went through that, he says, I see they're teaching different things. Well, how do you know which one is true? And I said, well, that's the question, isn't it? How do we know which one is true? Can we know? And I said, the way you know is looking at the evidence. What does the evidence reveal? Anything that is true should have evidence to back up its case. And I said, let's start with worldviews. Does God exist? Well, there is compelling evidence that indeed a personal creator of the universe exists. Here's some of the most powerful evidences out there. First, the universe has a beginning, the law of causality. It's called the Big Bang. The universe is not eternal, as Buddhism and Hinduism and other systems teach. The universe has a beginning. And the law of causality, whatever has a beginning, must have a cause. What is the cause of the universe? This great, incredible universe we have with these natural laws that run it like a fine-tuned machine? Well, whatever caused the universe, law of cause and effect, is greater than the universe. God is a very logical candidate. Next, the universe shows incredible design. From the microscope to the telescope, the universe shows tremendous design. Those of you in science and engineering and medicine uh, see design in creation from the microscope to the telescope. You know, we have discovered the human brain is an incredible machine, just a little four-pound thing, yet those of you in the computer industry know we've not yet designed a computer that can do what the human brain can do. If you were walking in the forest and you saw this on the ground, my little iPhone here, you wouldn't assume it came about by natural causes. You would automatically assume someone dropped it. This can't come about by natural causes. Well, the human brain is far more complex than this little iPhone here. We know through microbiology, the nucleus of a cell is as complex as the city of Shanghai. So from the microscope to the telescope, we're learning the universe displays design. Design points to intelligence. Whoever created this universe is incredibly powerful and incredibly intelligent. It's a personal being. And then one of the most powerful, there's a universal moral law that we all adhere to in cultures all over the world, a universal standard of right and wrong, which shows you this moral being is tremendously powerful, he's tremendously intelligent, and also good. He abides by a moral law which he has instilled in all of us. All of this points that there is indeed a personal God who created the universe. Now, God confirms his message and messenger with acts of God. We call these miracles. Which person, Jesus or Buddha, is confirmed by acts of God? 
Well, if you read the earliest histories of Buddha, the earliest biography we have is hundreds of years after Buddha, but the earliest ones we have show that Buddha did no miracles in his lifetime. And Buddhist historians know that. He was a good teacher. Jesus Christ claimed to be the divine Son of God and confirmed his claim to his miraculous, sinless life and resurrection from the dead. We know that the New Testament is recorded in the lifetime of first-generation eyewitnesses. These are eyewitness accounts. Thousands of archaeological discoveries and historical records confirm that indeed in the New Testament we have an accurate historical record of the life of Christ. Hey, time doesn't allow me to go into all that, uh, but there are resources that I'll point to that you can indeed look these up. Now Jesus claimed to be the divine Son of God and uniquely confirmed his claim through his miraculous, sinless life and resurrection from the dead. Jesus demonstrated authority over all creation through his miracles, demonstrating authority over nature, authority over sickness, authority over sin, and eventually authority over life and death. He claimed to be the source of life. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And Jesus demonstrated the truth of what he said by prophesying and accomplishing his own resurrection from the dead. Now the resurrection we know, we have compelling evidence, this is indeed a historical event. Time doesn't allow me to go into the defense of the resurrection. I remember sitting there in the airplane and the priest looked at me and we went through this and I said, the reason I become a Christian is because Buddha died, his grave is in northern India. But Christ conquered sin and death through his resurrection from the dead, affirming what he indeed taught and said was true, something Buddha never did. And he looked at me and he said, how do you know the resurrection is a historical event? And I said, I thought you'd never ask. Right? <laughs> but this is a topic that I have debated on radio, and my professors who are far more intelligent and scholar than I have debated this among the top skeptics and atheists all over the world, and the evidence for the resurrection has never been beat. This is a historical event of a man who claimed to be the divine Son of God and confirmed his claim to his miraculous, sinless life, death, and resurrection from the dead. So the choice is apparent here. Buddhism is a system that teaches us in order to escape pain and suffering, one must deny true reality alter your view of reality as some kind of illusion to deny your basic humanity your basic desires the desire to love and be attached to others your dreams and your hopes and your fears in this world and for eternal life to exist as an individual human being beyond the grave is all to be denied it asks you to deny reality it asks you to deny your basic humanity and at best can only offer an escape from suffering by entering into a state of non-existence or nirvana. Christ's teaching affirms reality, affirms our humanity. Christ said the greatest thing we can do is what? Love God and love one another. I remember speaking with my uncle and we were talking and I said, what is more human, 
to detach from everything of this world or to love? Which one makes you more human? And he was married, right? I said, loving your wife and kids, is that a good thing? Or is that something you should learn to detach from? And he was puzzled with that one for a while. And at the end, he said, I guess, I guess it is to love. And I said, that's everything that Christ affirms. Christ's teaching affirms reality, affirms our humanity, designed, created in the image of God, to love God, to love one another, provides a message of true hope, of victory over sin, suffering, and death through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which one is true? Well, which one taught the truth about life and eternity? Well, it's the one who demonstrated he is the very source of truth and life. Jesus who demonstrated authority over all creation through his miraculous sinless life and conquest over sin and death. Buddha's grave is there in northern India. Christ demonstrated the truth of his teaching for his tomb remains empty. And Jesus invites you into a personal relationship with God today. All of us are separated from God because of sin. We've fallen short of his perfect standard. God didn't stand back and say, you know, I see you drowning in a pool. I hope you make it to a life preserver here. He said, no, I'm going to jump in there and suffer with you. And he came into our world suffered alongside of us, understanding our pain and our suffering, paid the price for our sin on the cross, conquered sin and death by rising from the dead, and invites you into a personal relationship with God today. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should never perish, but have everlasting life. Will you choose to receive him today? Well, that choice is yours. I know we covered a lot of information. Here are some resources for you. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you've heard this stuff. Maybe it's the first time you've heard there's compelling evidence for faith in Christ. Well, our website's a great resource. Everything there is free at evidenceandanswers.org. You can log on and listen to messages like this and men far more scholared in Buddhism and the other religions. And also we have a couple resources for you back a couple books I've written, Unless I See, presenting the compelling evidence for Christ, and a book we just came out with, I think, last year, God, Eternity, and Spirituality, speaking of the world religions and religious ideas, touching things like yoga and martial arts and all these kinds of things. Some great resources for you there. But the choice today is yours. You choose the way of escape or victory over sin and death through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus Christ and the offer of eternal life. And I pray for each one here. They have friends and family in the Buddhist tradition that they would, you would use them powerfully to connect and reach their family and friends with the truth of eternal life in your son Jesus Christ. And may that happen. And may they see the blessing of that happen in their lifetime. And for those here, maybe for the first time, they've heard that there's compelling evidence for Christ. May this begin the quest of seeking the truth about your son, Jesus Christ. May they come to find eternal life in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's study entitled, The Lotus and the Cross. If you found this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, books, and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.